the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Rob Black Podcast. Check out Rob every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and Talk910.com. Sports cars and women are expensive. With Rob's help, you can afford them. You're listening to the Rob Black Show on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Hey, everybody, it's me, Rob Black. I'm live and in studio after swimming to work today. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. Got to find my Monday voice. I just sounded like a squirrel coming out of that. Like a chipmunk. Hi, everybody, it's me. <clears throat> Let's see if this is better. A little bit better. A little more tone. Got to find it on occasion. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. Okay. So what are we looking at today on Wall Street? What are we looking at today on your 401k? Not a bad day. Friday was good Friday, so the stock market was closed. But Friday was an interesting day because we released an economic report tied towards the creation of jobs in the United States. Now, it was an okay report. It had some positives. Anemic job growth. Ladies and gentlemen, job growth has entered the building. It was anemic, but it was job growth. So we were happy to see it. Now, we did ultimately stay at the unemployment rate across the United States at 9.7%, ultimately because we also lost jobs, which is pretty common, pretty common. But we did add. So I think some people were like, yeah. So to, today, stock market, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is playing with 10,971. It's really close to 11. It's a flirtation. It's kind of like a boy circling a girl and a girl circling a boy from the 1950s and you know, dancing a little West Side Story. It's a little flirtation. We're dancing with 11,000. It's a psychological number. It's something that we have to get comfortable with. It's something that you feel like it's big and round. And once you hit it, you have to hold it. And once you hold it, you feel comfortable going forward. But until you hold it, you're going like, eh, we're there, but we're not there yet. We wait and see. We wait and see. So the Dow's flirting, flirting with 11,000. Now, let me tie in one more thing real quick here. Oil hits an 18-month high today. Now, 18 months ago, we were in the throes of a recession. People were like, well, oil prices should go lower because people won't be driving to work. <laughs> they don't have a job. No job to drive to, right? No vacation. No flying. Businesses in a recession, they ship less. So oil prices is caved. Now oil prices are, are moving higher. Oil prices are moving higher. So you get, one, the job creation to the oil moving higher. And Rob Black's comfortable for the next six months. I'm going to be honest with you, that can change in one minute. But ultimately, short term, I feel pretty comfortable that you know the market will continue to behave appropriately. For the first quarter of the year, January, February, and March, we just put in the books. The Dow and the NASDAQ pulled in roughly 4 to 5%. Not a bad first quarter. You extrapolate that over th- three more quarters and what, 12 to 15% return for the year? Pretty normalized, healthy stock market. Again, doesn't mean we get there because the first half of this year, we're comparing it to last year's recession. 
Whereas the second half of the year, it's, it's completely, uh, you, you had a lot of economic stimulus coming in. So, okay, you're saying, okay, Rob, good start. I feel comfortable. We're dealing with a smart guy here. Let's talk a little iPad. Again, the, the name is awful, but the product is wonderful. And it looks like Apple, in their first weekend of sales, sold about 700,000 iPads. Now, it took Apple three days to sell a million iPhones. It took the 74, no, well, hold on, let me correct this. It, or the original iPhone, version one, it took 74 days to sell a million iPhones. And then the iPhone 3G came out, and that took fewer days. And it took three days, ultimately, to sell a million 3GS's phones. That's pretty important. Like, the first generation, 74 days. The second generation, third generation, three days. So this first generation is the iPad. It did pretty damn good. It did. Pre- I'm waiting for the second generation minimum. Then I got to see what people use it like and how they feel about it and what the feedback is. But the second generation, which will probably be out in the next three months to a year, will have some really good, good features built into it. So including Wi-Fi and some other things that like people are wanting a little bit more so. So, um, and again, this version does have Wi-Fi. Um, based on longer than expected lines at stores, higher expectations, online pre-orders, analysts are going to be moving their numbers up. We thought it was going to be a 400,000 to 500,000 unit sales, and now it's 600,000 the first three-day weekend. And we're like, okay. So analysts are going to be moving up. So if you own shares of Apple, know that analysts are going to be moving it up, okay? They're going to say, well, we thought we had this, but we ultimately had that, plus 10%. So people, and then that doesn't mean the stock goes up 10%. It just means numbers are coming higher. Now, anytime Apple comes out with a new product, we don't know what the guts are. We don't know what the iPod guts are. We know it has Apple on the outside, but what's on the inside? And for the record, there's some kid, and I don't understand this. If anyone can help me with this, I don't understand kids today. Some kid comes in, buys an iPad, 600 buckaroos, right? And then proceeds to videotape him destroying it with a baseball bat. On the first weekend, supposedly there's some counterculture, pop culture thing goes on that like people do it with iPods and people do it with all various different products and 3D televisions and things like that. I don't quite get that. Again, I guess I'm a little bit too practical. Now, component suppliers for the iPad, I can tell you Broadcom, big winner. There's someone who's inside of the iPad, ticker symbol BRCM. They supply chips that help manage the machine's touchscreen as well as allowing it to communicate using Wi-Fi and Bluetooth technology. Now, Texas Instruments, which supplied another chip associated with the touchscreen, Cirrus Logic, ticker symbol C-R-U-S, they supplied a chip for managing audio in the device. Um, one more winner is Triquit and Sawtech, or two more winners. So the winners are Broadcom, ticker symbol BRCM. Now, again, owning comp shares of Apple might be too much for you because it's a huge company. It's the Titanic. There's some smaller boats, arm holding, sticker symbol ARMH, Broadcom, sticker symbol BRCM, Texas Instruments, sticker symbol TXN, Cirrus Logic, CRUS, and then Triquin and Sawtech. Triquin is TQNT, and Sawtech is SWKS. SWKS. I think we have a phone call. Do we have a phone call? Oh, we're holding on that phone call. Can't quite see it on my screen. My screen's a little on the um, Monday. I've got a Monday screen. We used to have a security guard at Cron. And you'd say, so, how you feeling today? And he'd say, I'm feeling kind of Monday. On Friday, he's like, I'm feeling kind of Friday. So my screen's a little bit on the Monday side. Let's go to Alan. Alan, how are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm okay. That's good. 
Um, thank you for taking my call. Why are you laughing? You laughing at me? Don't laugh. No, at me. I'm just a laugh. I'm just a cheerful person. You are a cheerful person. Yeah, well, I'm one of those East Coast people who has a baseball bat in his trunk. So watch out. Oh, half my family is from New York, so I understand. Gotcha. <laughs> um, you think I'm funny? No, you think I'm a clown. Yeah, yeah that was cute. Um, Go ahead, Alan. Um, the reason I'm calling is because I'm really interested in municipal bonds, and I, I'm kind of like behind the curve on how to get into them. And also, I'm interested in um, because the price of real estate is really low, and I don't know where you're located, but there's some like um, places in Oakland, for example, where the homes are like very reasonably priced. Have you so ever I'm, have you ever been to Oakland where the homes are very reasonably priced? Yeah, there, it's, there's some parts that are kind of okay, like if you go a few blocks away. Okay. I've, where do you so, where do you plan to work, Alan? Where do I plan to work? Yeah, or where do you work now? Oh, I'm I'm a substitute teacher. I, I work for the county. Okay, do you work which county? San Mateo. So, are you willing to live in Oakland and drive over Bridge ninety two? You know the ninety two bridge. No, but I just you know the price of real estate is so inexpensive. I'm tempted. Okay, but would you live there or would you try to invest there? Um, I'm not sure. Probably invest. Okay, so I'd be very cautious. Let's let's talk bonds and. I'll come back to real estate a little later okay, in the show. Okay, sure. Thanks for the call. Bonds are basically IOUs, and there's government IOUs, there's Santa Clara IOUs, there's corporate IOUs. You get the basic idea. And what it is is like for IBM, if they need to borrow money because they're going to pay back some of their debt, right now borrowing money is cheap. Now, they might have borrowed money back in the 1990s and 2000s when it's super expensive. So what they're doing now is borrowing money, and what they do is they issue a bond. And basically, it's IBM owes you. I owe you. And you give them $100, and they promise you $102 next year. So they give you a 2% rate of return. That's, you know, you get the basic idea. Now, IBM's probably a little bit better than, say, Sears Satellite Radio. Sears Satellite Radio is losing millions and millions and millions of dollars. Now, their IOU might be for 5 to 10%. Let's say it's 10%. So you give them $100, and they'll give you $110 at the end of the year if they're still in business. But see... You get a better rate of return on the, the the company that's in danger than the company that's safe. Same thing with the uh, the state of California. Same thing with municipal areas within the state of California. Municipal bonds. The best way to get up to speed on bonds is to hire someone to do it for you. I know that sounds insane. I know it sounds like I'm inside the business and I'm telling you to stay inside the business. Um, but like Alamo Capital, they're bond brokers, and you can go to alamocapital.com and see what the bonds they highlight. As a professional, I hire bond brokers to analyze bonds for me, either CPAs, I'm sorry, CFAs, Certified Financial Analysts, or qualified bond brokers who've been in the business for the long term. Analyzing a bond is a lot tougher for me than analyzing a stock. Stocks, I'm looking at revenues, earnings, margins, product management. With bonds, it's a little bit tougher to get your hands around um, the qualifications of what makes it good or not. So I would hire a company and or um, continue to do some research on that. And thanks for the call, Alan. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show, 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Coming up, I'm going to talk home sales. It's Rob Black Show. Listening to the Rob Black Show on 9:10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Call Rob now at 1-800-345-5639.
Welcome in to Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Think of me as your big brother who's smart with money. Don't come to me with advice for women. Don't come to me with advice for needing advice for, uh, you know, how the Giants pitch and staff can hold up this year. I don't know. Don't ask me about nothing but money. Financial issues. It's the only thing I do well. It's the only thing I do well. I admit that. So, you know, I used to be able to fix cars 20 years ago, but today they're all computerized. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Don't ask me. Alan called in about home prices in Oakland being cheap, and there's some numbers out there today. The wobbly housing market, it's showing a rare sign of strength. Pending home sales are up significantly in the month of February, suggesting that Americans took advantage of tax credit for home buyers. Now, two Mondays ago on this show, I started the show by talking about how I read a UCLA economist saying home prices across America not going to hit their 2006 levels for 16 years. Let that sink in a little bit. So that's one example. Now, Alan looked around Oakland and said, they look cheap to me. So maybe Alan's smarter than the guy from UCLA. Sales rose 8% in the United States, according to the National Association of Realtors. Now, analysts had expected them to be uh, flat. Now, this is pending home sales. Now, economists are saying that today's data suggests buyers were reentering the market in April or reentering the market before that April 30 deadline approaches for a government tax credit of up to $8,000. Tax credit drove up sales rapidly in the fall. It originally was set to expire, but it's been pretty slow this spring. Now, there's been some interesting reasons. Some of it's weather. Some of it's uh, people just, you know, they're not sure. Is this a second surge in home sales? It looks like it. I think we need a second surge to meaningfully draw down inventory. Inventory across the United States is way too high, and the shadow inventory is way too high. And I've heard situations like some real estate brokers now are starting up LLCs to buy the companies that are, to buy the homes that are in foreclosure so that they don't have to compete with them. They're going to let their LLC sell those in the, in the months and years to come at full price versus what the real price is right now. Now, that could be true. So, a different report today showed that the service sector is improving. And that's one of the highest readings since 2006. I would say be very careful with your expectations on homes. Homes are liabilities. And this guy's a substitute teacher. And I honestly don't think anywhere on this planet, anywhere on this planet, and I'll, I'll ask, let me ask the, the peanut gallery here, Allison, intern A, and Heidi, basically glorified intern in radio or producer of the show, uh, just by a show of hands, you don't actually have to, to get on microphone, is do you think a substitute t- teacher in San Mateo should be buying a home for an investment in Oakland. And they're both shaking their heads. And I think they're that's common sense. That's the reaction I want to hear people give. And I'm very proud of the both of them for saying that because to me, it just sounds like a substitute teacher. Hey, go become a full teacher first. Or go, you know, yeah. look, I make a good income. And I'm not so aggressive or so crazy as to tell you that that I think it's always going to be there. I've got some real estate that if I were to lose my income or if I were to somehow get severely hit, I wouldn't be able to pay for those real estate properties. I got an office property. I got a, a rental property. I got my own property. I got some property out there. There's no doubt about it. That if there was some sort of hit to my cash flow, I would have those, those places foreclosed on. And I'm not a substitute teacher. That'd be very cautious. Now, if you do buy a home, make sure it's in the best neighborhood. Make sure it's on the best street. Make sure it's got great schools. That's what I look for, because what I look for is what, uh, what, what moms look for. Every woman who pushes out an eight-pound bowling ball, she wants to give that eight-pound bowling ball its life meaning, and she wants it to be at the best schools, with the best neighbors, 
And, you know, guys, we don't care. We'd all live in a glorified jungle gym if we could. But women want the best for their children, and I understand that. So that's what I cater my mindset to when buying real estate. There's not one woman who lives on the peninsula. I can go up and down San Carlos, Palo Alto, Belmont, Los Gatos, Los Altos, and say, how many of you want to raise your kid in Oakland? And every one of them, every one of them is going to say, maybe Arenda. But not one of them, not one of them is going to say, Oakland sounds great to me. It, it, now, the reality is that's maybe where you have to do it because that's where the affordability is. I hope I'm not pissing off Oakland. Oakland, if you want to represent 800-345-5639, it's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Let's go to John in Concord. John. Hi, Rob. Um, I live in a nice neighborhood, and I bought the house three years ago. It's, uh, I paid 800000 for it. Um, <clears throat> my mortgage is six fifty. And now they're saying the house is worth about five fifty, and I'm wondering uh, the the mortgage I have is interest only. I got about another year and a half of interest only at six percent. Good luck. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Basically, good luck. Um, what you're hoping for is no earthquakes in the next year. You're hoping to come up with a lot of cash so that you're able to refinance that home in a year. Because being upside down, people aren't going to refinance you. Now, the good news is the Obama administration has – thanks for the call. I'm hearing tons of echo. Uh, I think your radio was on. The Obama administration has got plans out there trying to help people who are upside down on their mortgages. I would pay attention to everything that's coming out of Washington right now to see what you apply for and or don't. Um, gosh, was it a week ago or is it two weeks ago? I think it was a week ago. No, it was two weeks ago that the Obama administration came out and said – that they want to help people in your exact situation. He paid eight hundred thousand dollars for a home. It's now worth five hundred and fifty, but his mortgage is for six hundred and fifty. And he's only doing an interest only mortgage. And that's where the mortgage industry got you, John. They got you because they know that if it's interest only for five years, then in five years it blows and you couldn't afford it. So you're gonna come back to them and do another loan, right? So they get the 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 point, point and a half, whatever point they're making on the markup. The cost of the mortgage, the origination, the mortgages, the mortgage fees. And then you have to come back in five years. I got a mortgage for 30 years. They're screwed. I ain't coming back to them for 29 more years. I'm not going to go back to them. People that do interest-only loans are, I mean, you're, you're being slickly marketed to. Now, I hope, John, that you have assets somewhere else. And I hope you have enough save for retirement that you don't have to dip into. Because I'm going to be honest with you. If you don't uh, apply for an Obama-modified loan, I think you're going to either lose that home. Or you're going to have to sell something like your 401k. Now, you may have an emergency fund. You may make $400,000 a year. I, last week's an email from a guy in Sausalito says, I make $330,000 a year. He was in the exact same situation you were in. I think he had two years left. And I was like, save the hell out of it. Save the hell out of your cash flow. Because in one, two years when the banks come to you and says, time to refi, time to refi, give me your money. You better have some cash flow to negotiate with because they're not going to – They typically in America, they want you to have to put 10% down on any loan that you put – because they want to see that you got some skin in the game. Now, in this case, you're upside down 100000 and they want – and they're like, okay, I'm going to give you 550000 or 650000 for a refi. I mean, you must – you got to be smoking crack if you think that's the reality. Um, now you originally had some skin in the game is my guess because you bought it at 800000 and you said the loans were six hundred fifty, so I'm guessing you probably had one hundred fifty thousand down. That's probably money lost if you don't get some sort of Obama mortgage modification. Because right now, if your home is worth five hundred fifty, I'm going to say I need at least 
75 to $100,000 of your own money in it, John. If I'm a banker, for you to become my A client, for you to become something you qualify for with me. Now, again, I may lend it to you at 10, 12, 13, 14% if you're like a C client. Hopefully, you can somehow get into the A slash B, uh, the range. Um, I've got a good lender. I've got a good lender, Tony Mendez, a barrier loan source. He does a good job making sure that you don't over put yourself, like, no interest only loans. No interest only loans will ever come out of that office. Um, you can contact him at bayarealonesource.com. Let's go to break, shall we? 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Coming up, let's do a little bit of business time and some emails. Business time's got some interesting stories and office vacancies today. Are they increasing? Are they decreasing? And how about job creation? For those of you Californians who are 12% unemployed and or up to 20% underemployed, this might be something that makes you scratch your head and says... Time for me to time for me to fly. Eight hundred three four five five six three nine. It's Rob Black Show. Nine ten a.m. More stimulating talk. Yes, it's the relentless pursuit of financial perfection. Get in on it. Keep listening to the Rob Black Show on nine ten a.m. More stimulating talk. Tiger Woods playing golf this weekend at the Masters. He's going to have a press conference right around now. Why do I bring this up? I don't know. Other than to say that this weekend, I'll probably be paying a little attention to Tiger Woods. I mean, I I liked him before this sex scandal. And to me personally, I don't look up to athletes as my role models. I would expect, honestly, every athlete who's making over a million dollars a year to be having outrageous, crazy sex. So... I wasn't all that surprised to hear that he was having outrageous, crazy sex. I was disappointed that, you know, there's a wife and children involved. But I'm going to be watching, and I think I'm going to be pulling for him. I think. I'm not quite sure, but I think. Um, at the Masters, CBS, big winner this weekend. Huge winner, CBS. is going to be a huge winner. Companies like AT&T, who buy commercial time, who dropped him as a sponsor, huge winners this weekend. Because this is going to be the Super Bowl of golf. Everyone's going to talk about it. Whether it's Allison, the intern, Heidi, the producer, whether it's it's Ricky, the, the program director, everyone's going to be talking about, does Tiger step up to the plate? Does he put it behind him? Does he have his game on, on golf? They're saying today that a couple fans uh, are cheering out to him. They're like, glad to have you back, Tiger. And he used to basically turn around and like, give me a break. I'm trying to golf. And now he's get, you know turning back to him and smiling. He's trying to be nice. He's a guy who sometimes would like ignore autographs. My advice to him is sign every freaking fragging autograph people ask for put yourself out there and uh we're a nation of, of forgiveness i mean lord knows we had a, a leader a spiritual leader jesus got up out of christ and got nailed to it and he said just basically turn the other cheek forgive we're a nation of forgivers we always have been i think we always will be we just want to know that you're not screwing us anyway let's do a little business time let's let's talk about some of the, the business stories that are out there that, that might be crossing your path Oh yeah, it's business time, it's business time. It's business, it's business time. That's what you're trying to say, you're trying to say, let's get down to business, it's business time. It's business, it's business time. 800-345-5639 if you want to queue up during the business stories. I only have a couple of them today, so I don't have anything that's going to you know knock your socks off today. Uh, but office vacancies, and a lot of people think this is the next shoe to fall on our economy. And what do you care if you're a bank teller? 
What do you care if you're coming out of college? What do you care if you're a housewife of three? What do you care if you're an attorney? Why do business uh, office vacancies bother you? Well, for all those people, if you need money in the future, banks may be in a pretty pissed off mood. They may not be willing to lend you. They may not be willing to refi you. Why? Because they've made loans to companies that have gone out and bought business projects. I saw recently over the weekend some of the basically soured loans that brought down Lehman Brothers. And some of them were like, for instance, there's a mall in Minnesota that has the largest indoor carousel in the world. They made the commercial loan to a company that's like, let's make a mall and let's put a carousel with horses, horses that go up and down. And, and uh, I mean, some of that, you could see why we lost money. We just built like as if we live in, in fantasy world. So anyway, the office occupancy vacancy rate in the first quarter reached its highest level in 16 years. So you got to go back to what, mid-1990s? So that's not crazy. You know, 93, 94, last time we were coming out of, oh yeah, a real estate-led crash in the banking industry where they overlent the savings and loan thrift problem that we had as a nation. So the decline in rents, it's eased and it's crept closer to stabilization. So we're getting a little mixed reports. Office vacancies, highest in 16 years. Decline in rents is starting to go sideways and it's a little bit more stable. Office vacancy rate rose to 17.2%. Now, again, think of it this way. Think of it as if you're in the Empire State Building. You know that there's all those those uh, office spaces. Think of it as if you're going to the Transamerica Building. You know that like from ground floor to floor 55, there's a lot of office space, right? 17.2%. You could basically say about... 20%, one in five floors is completely empty. It's kind of a creepy thought, right? The U.S. vacancy rate is a little bit higher. Labor market starting to stabilize. Now, Friday we heard this jobs report where we've added, you know, a couple hundred thousand jobs. It's about 100,000 jobs. It wasn't really all that much. But those are butts. Those are butts that will go into seats at some point in time. Those are butts that will go into seats and offices at some point in time. Those are butts that will go into seats and offices at some point in time that'll have a new computer or a computer there that needs an IT person, that needs a copy of Windows, that needs a printer from HP, that needs DC. So we're going to pay attention to these. Truly, the elbow is connected to the, the deck bone. I don't quite know what that means, but I'll let you figure it out. So we're watching offense rates. And again, the more of them fail, the more ornery and angry banks come, and they're going to make it tougher for you to lend. But on the other side of the, the, the fence, you know, it's good if you're a business right now. Now's a good time to negotiate. Now's a good time to say, you know what? Uh, at the height of the dot-com boom, you were charging me $5,000 a month. Screw you, 1000 Take it or leave it. I give you 24 hours. So now's a good time to negotiate. Now's a great time to negotiate, in fact. So factoring months of free rent and landlord contributions and space improvements for each tenant, rent was down about 7.4% year over year. I told you I have a rental property, and uh, it recently became vacant, and the person asked for 17 action items, of which some of them were like, I'll paint the kitchen. I'll do, um, let's check for bugs, and let's check for rats. Let's, let's, um, who's going to do the, the, the shrubs before I move in? Things like that. And 16 out of 17, I gave her. I'm like, fine, that's, that's good. One of her demands was a little unreasonable. It's got a washer and dryer in it, and she says, take out the washer and dryer. I'll put my own in. And not for a one month, one, not for a one-year rent. No way. Uh-uh. So, again, now is a good time to negotiate, and she's going to win 16 out of 17 points. I don't care. Those are all big write-offs for me. I'm, I'm good with it, so I don't care. Anyway, the Obama administration, 
elsewhere in business news today. They're talking job creation. You're going to hear a lot about job creation in month of May, June, July, August, September, October, because our government wants to tell you we care about you, Mr. Unemployed. Please come out and vote in the November elections. So we're going to hear a lot about it. Now, a year ago, we were losing about 600,000 jobs a month. Now the process of job creation started, and it's going to improve. It should. Now, again, we saw these numbers on Friday, and it was Good Friday, and Elaine Chow comes out. She's a former director of labor. And she said, well, at this pace, it's going to take five years to get back to, you know, an unemployment number that we're proud of. But, again, Elaine Chow, she knows that one month you can't extrapolate out five years. I mean, shame on her for even doing that. And, again, that's what the Republicans will do, and Democrats will be doing it. Democrats are on the other side of the fence of saying, look, job growth. Sign of life. It'll accelerate from here. And shame on you, Democrats, because we don't know that it'll accelerate from here. So 162,000 jobs were tempered by stubborn unemployment. Uh, Larry Summers is out there noting some large businesses were beginning to hire again. It's, you know, businesses don't want to hire until they see demand. And they want to make sure that demand's sustainable because they don't want to hire. Hiring's expensive. You hi- well, not only is hiring expensive, but firing someone's expensive. So businesses wait, and what one of those key economic data points that you look at is hours worked per week, because they will wait as long as they can before they ultimately uh, push forward and uh, hire people. So it's kind of a lagging indicator. Unemployment uh, is kind of a lagging indicator, or employment's considered a lagging indicator of when do you start actually hiring somebody. Let's do a quick email, 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800 800- Three four five fifty six thirty nine. I see wide open phone lines. I, I got mail. Yay! I got mail. Yay! If you want to contact us, now would be a great time to do it because we have wide open phone lines. 800-345-5639. And the lovely and talented Alice and the intern is answering right now. I got an email from a guy named Rick Sensori. He says, I need to go back to school and, and do Econ 101. I'm fuzzy with the ramifications of revaluing the Chinese yuan. The law of unintended consequences might jump up and bite the Obama administration where they least expect it. Be careful what you pray for. How many dominoes will fall? Will there be any? If there's going to be a gradual revaluation, how can we investors position ourselves? What would happen if there were a sudden revaluation of the yuan? And finally, do you think the Obama administration will get us into a trade war with China and or Europe? Obama said he wants to balance the import-export deficit, but at what price? And Rick, I would say you're thinking too hard. I don't want the average person worrying about the revaluation of the yuan. Currencies fluctuate. I remember back when I was going to Europe in the late 80s, the dollar was extremely weak. And then the 1990s, the dollar was extremely strong. And in the late 2000s, the dollar was extremely weak. I wouldn't put too much into it. Now, are there ways to play it? Yeah, right now, if they revalue the yuan... You're basically looking at a weaker Asia, period, that you'd want to underweight. The Obama administration's coming out on record today and saying, you know, we're taking a look at this and we're not going to push China too fast. I don't see a massive trade war. We now work and live and prosper or fail in a global economy. One of the reasons the stock market started to recover as, ma- as fast as it did was because of the global economy and our exports. The weaker dollar helped us. I would say if you want to play the, the weaker yuan, if they revalue it, then you're also probably wanting to say, I want to play a stronger dollar, of which we've been in a very strong dollar scenario for eight months now, and I expect that to continue. It tends to accelerate and gather momentum before it breaks down. 
So 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Um, Tem sends me an email. He says, I'm in desperate need of a quality CPA. The couple I've been referred to have been duds. Thanks in advance for your assistance. If anyone wants to drop me an email, I've got a great CPA that I use. Um, or if you just even want to Google him, go Google Brent Wakefield uh, in San Jose. I think he's he's more than qualified. And uh, he's a good guy, Brent Wakefield in, in San Jose. Just email me if you want, and I'll, I'll send you his contact information. Let's go to Rick and Martinez, 800-345-5639. Rick, how are you? Good. How are you doing, Rob? I'm okay. Nothing, nothing up and down, if you know what I'm saying. I hear you. Hey, I kind of got an ignorant question, but I'm still trying to school myself. I'm uh, looking at stocks and such with uh, better paying dividend and yields, and I was wondering... What's more important, the higher yield or the higher dividend, or do they work uh, with each other? They work in conjunction with each other. Um, oh, and, and what that means is typically if uh, you know you have a dollar stock that has a 20-cent yield, a 20-cent dividend, you can figure out that's a 20% yield. If that dollar stock drops to 50 cents, then you would have a 40% yield. You'd have a massive yield, Right. Um, if they keep that dividend the same. So sometimes, and what you're even referring to, and thanks for the call, dividends that are fixed, for instance, like IBM could say, for every share that you own, I'll give you a dollar. It's a fixed dollar per year. So it's 25 cents every 90 days. So on some level, and let's say it's a $100 stock, $1 dividend. So that's a 1% yield, Meg Whitman. She's carrying about 44% of the voters, whereas Jerry Brown's got about 41% right now. Now, the campaign by Brown, he's been former governor. Uh, he used to be a single governor. A lot of people don't know this because they're not of age. Like, for instance, Heidi and Allison may not remember Governor Jerry Brown, but he used to date Linda Ronstadt while he was the governor of the state. Now, they're both going to say, who's Linda Ronstadt? Well, Linda Ronstadt was sort of the um, Britney Spears of the late 1970s in pop music. Sort of. Sort of. She was the hot chick. Anyway, um Brown not spending money, Meg Whitman spending money. This is going to be one of those one of those those races that ultimately tells us can you buy your way into service. Now Whitman's easily outdistancing her Republican insurance commissioner Steve Poisner with a forty point lead. So Poisner should just at some point in time throw in the towel, right? Or is he looking for something from her? Now in the Republican Senate contest, Tom Campbell, friend of the show, good guy, nice guy. He holds a slim lead over one-time Hewlett-Packard chief, Carly Fiorina. So it's 29% to 25%. Uh, Coming in a distant third is Orange County Assemblyman Chuck DeVore at 9%. So the campaign's starting to shape up. And it's interesting to know what's going to be promised, what's not going to be promised, how much money is going to be spent, how much money is not going to be spent. Am I too cynical? Are you as cynical as I am? I will never, ever say this, but I'm close. Vote out the incumbents. Um, it's just almost across the board. Now, Boxer has a very comfortable cushion over generic Republican, uh, over a generic Republican. You're so bad that you're referred to as the generic Republican when you're running against Barbara Boxer. Uh, 48% to 34%. She's seeking her fourth term, somewhat diminished in popularity. Recently, Boxer maintains a positive impression amongst California voters. So what this is all about, and you're going to hear more and more and more and more and more about it is jobs, 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 jobs. So I say, put your middle finger up to them all until they tell you about their jobs. Put your finger up to, you know, middle finger up to them until they tell you how they're going to create jobs. 
is it going to be government jobs? We don't want no stinking government jobs. We want private sector jobs. Private sector jobs create more taxes. And instead of a tax burden that a government jobs creates, we want less government jobs, or at least I do. And if you're listening to me, that's all I'm going to tell you. I want less government jobs, period. That's that's my that's my angle. I'm, I'm sticking with it. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. Who wins the, the California governorship? You tell me. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. What else do I got for you? Uh, oh, coming up, I'm going to give some investment financial tips. I got a stock tip later in the show and uh, tips for 18 to 25 year olds. I think this is good stuff. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. California, here we come. Right back where we started from. Well, hustles, grab your guns. Your shadow weighs a ton. Driving down the 101. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.